Welcome to the Bleed Bulimia Podcast with guest Elena Pereira, personal coach, domestic violence, and eating disorders advocate. Hi, everyone. I am Lorianne. I'm the host of Bleed Bulimia. And today I am so pleased to have Elena Pereira, and she is a personal coach, domestic violence, and eating disorders advocate. So happy to have you on. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So I'll start off with my regular question. What led you to become, um, you know, the personal coach and get into the domestic violence and the eating disorder aspect and being an advocate? Uh, first of all, it's uh, human behavior is a passion of mine since I was a child, actually. And um, with the experiences later, the, the experiences that I went through, uh, it was clear to me that I, I had to, and I wanted to follow this path. Yeah. And can you share with us some of the experience you went through that led you here? Yes. Yes, I went through the, the domestic violence, eating disorders. So when I was 12, I began to manifest uh, what I call my family's toxic emotional inheritance, which is the root cause of our behavior, uh, our unhealthy behaviors. Huh. And uh, in my case, uh, the manifestations were eating disorders, for example. And I began to suffer from the binge eating when I was 12. Uh, until I became uh, 19, uh, then my binge eating became uh, turned into bulimia nervosa. Yeah. yeah, that's difficult. So basically that whole emotional, what we do say emotional eating and such. And so that led you on to, so you're 19. How long did you struggle with your bulimia? With the binge eating seven years and with bulimia 16. Wow. Yeah, it was a long time. And I coached myself through my eating disorders. Okay. And that's led you now that you're helping other people to also go through that. Seeing as you coaching yourself, you had, obviously, you understood what was required. Yes, recover. I understood that. But I, I don't specifically coach uh, people who suffer from eating disorders okay. because I'm not specialized in that unless they are ready, okay. they are ready to be uh, supported by me. Otherwise, uh, usually people suffer from eating disorders, uh, look for a psychiatrist or a psychotherapist, yeah. So the domestic violence that was in your childhood, I would imagine would be your parents no. or? No, no well, tell us, well, please. <laughs> in my childhood too, because I, my mother didn't want to have children. So, and it began, <laughs> there in her womb actually uh, with a rejection for for me and she neglected me and uh, emotionally and uh, rejected me emotionally my father too he wanted to have children but he didn't have time for that you know and uh, so they both nurtured me but they didn't love me which means they didn't support me in growing and evolving and put many obstacles on my path. They pass also on to me a family's toxic emotional inheritance, which is a toxic baggage of emotions, thoughts, beliefs, tendencies, unresolved childhood issues, inner conflicts that was passed on to us by our parents. It's a generational thing that we inherit. 
we inherit also beautiful traits from, from our parents and, and family, <laughs> that's for sure. But unfortunately, many, many of us um, inherit also the, this toxic, destructive part. And uh, so I grew up in an environment that was quite toxic because there was no communication. I couldn't express myself emotionally. My mother feared my father. My father was uh, totally immersed in his job. So he never created a relationship with me. And this hurt a lot, no? It causes emotional wounds. Did you and have any siblings? Yes. Yeah, so they had siblings as well, and and were they, they did they had did they go through the same thing as well? Through the same thing, but manifesting it in different ways. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. And we really don't think about we talk about genetics generally medically. We talk about you know mm -hmm. what we get from our parents, but it's interesting to hear that. I guess it would come down into the genetics, also the the mindset and how you you know deal with certain things uh you know you tend to find too like i have three siblings as well and and each one of us has a little portion of maybe more towards the maternal or maybe more towards the paternal which is interesting yeah yeah, yeah it is true we inherit a lot of the emotional and if this is uh, toxic then then we've got a problem because it it affects our natural development, the natural development of, of our potential, and it compromises our psychological, emotional, and physical functioning. And so this is why at one point I developed eating disorders, I began to smoke, I was bullied at school, because I was hurt inside. And uh, my parents fueled their family's toxic emotional inheritance with their uh, unhealthy parenting. Now, I know that when I was reading your bio, you mentioned overachievers. Uh, I know that a lot of people who struggle with eating disorders are overachievers as well. Perfectionists, uh, people pleasers. I mean, there's categories that, you know, seem to emerge, the characteristics seem to emerge from that. Were you any of those? Well, yes, <laughs> I, I pushed myself to the extreme. I, I was a perfectionist. And I inherited this tendency from my mother, for example. Yeah. And um, I always wanted to achieve more, more and more. And uh, on the one hand, this is good. Because if you are ambitious and determined to, to achieve a high level in, in your life, that's, that's perfect. It's wonderful. But you have also to understand your own, how to do it at your own pace. Because if you are, like I was, full of these uh, toxic emotions and pain, then, uh, then you go beyond, you know, and you don't enjoy the process, although you do things that you really like and love, because you feel this anxiety that is pushing you mm -hmm. to reach perfection. While if you don't have this toxic inheritance, you will still be a high achiever, but you will do it at your own pace, enjoying the process and uh, um, loving what you do without so much pressure that costs you um, your health, because then your health uh, gets compromised. 
Absolutely. Now, I know that I would like to know more about your personal coaching, but first, before I start with that, I'm sure my listeners would like to know if you can share uh, a little bit about your recovery and, and how, I know there's no specific way, but what would you say is an important uh, thing that you learned to help you recover? Yes, what I did, actually it happened this way. When my father died, I was 19 years old, I awoke. I opened my eyes and I began to see things for what they really are. And it was then that my internal, that my journey towards my internal renewal began. Because it was then when I understood that I was a toxic product of my family and that uh, my problems were not my choice because we are not so stupid to choose to hurt ourselves. Self-sabotage does not exist. We are forced by those toxic elements. They are stronger than we are. This is, uh, this, this is why it is so difficult to change because we have something inside that pushes us to behave in certain ways that are not healthy. Uh, unwanted behaviors that we really don't like, but that we display because we cannot do anything different. And so I understood that and I began to become aware of all those toxic elements that I inherited from my parents. And I began to, to heal myself doing self-reflection. Self so first understanding all this, what I'm telling, that I was this uh, toxic product of my family. And, and uh, I began also um, in, in, at the same time to observe myself to understand my behaviors. And I began to ask myself, okay, is this me or is this a behavior that belongs to my mother? And so every time I, I looked at what I was doing and asked myself, okay, it's mine or not? <laughs> and uh, when the answer was, okay, no, it's my mother, it's a tendency that she has, okay, I want to eliminate it. And what I did was, for example, challenging myself. The thing that uh, um, my mother was afraid to do was to drive the car. And she passed that on to me. So I took my driving license, license very late uh, because of that fear that I inherited. And then I thought, okay, I still have this fear. It's not mine. So what I can do is drive, take lessons and pass the exams and learn to drive. So I did it. It was quite scary for me, but it was because of my inherited fear. It wasn't my own fear. Yeah. And so I challenged it and little by little, I eliminated it. And once uh, it faded away, I felt confident. I thought, okay, yeah, actually I like driving the car. That's interesting. Me personally, both my parents liked to, to drive. My mother, not so much, but my dad taught her how to drive and dad loved to drive. And um, I was so excited to get my, my, my license when I did. So no fear there because my parents never showed any fear. But I would imagine too, some of it, the inheritance is watching and observing your parents and taking that on. Like my mother had, um, I think she still does, fear of heights. And I became aware of her fears. Then I became oversensitive to heights. And then I think it, it's 
not so much that it was in me, but that it was learned from watching my mother and her behavior. So mm-hmm. I learned it to be afraid. And now I, I still don't like heights too much. <laughs> I don't think that I'm okay. alone on that one, <laughs> but I, I can get up on a ladder without as much fear as I used to. And, you know, I, my daughter and I went up on our roof once together just for fun. And, um, right. and, and it, it was a good, it was overcoming that, but I think that some of the behaviors too are not so much even that um, we're born with, but the observation of our parents that we take it on, right? It's also, yeah, that plays also a role, yes, uh, because we we learn from our parents, yeah, for sure. So yeah. I inherited I inherited so much from from them that uh, yeah. little by little I eliminated everything. And, That's- uh, Finally, it was the bulimia that left me. When I eliminated the last toxic element, it was gone. I love how you say that. It was the <laughs> bulimia that left me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's almost like um, bulimia. I know that some people might think it's weird to say this, but I used to say it, it's a very uh, toxic friend. Because it was a friend, but it was a toxic friend. Mm-hmm. A friend in the sense that it numbed you, it you know gave you some pleasure, but then disgust and all that stuff together. So it was like a toxic friend, and I was pretty happy to let it go. And the same thing, though, what you're saying is toxic people in your life. Once you start eliminating them, um, you know that that really does help in in the recovery process. And eventually, your bulimia will leave because you've eliminated toxic people well that person's got that that thing's got to go too right so that's yes, very interesting it, it helps but uh, you, you have to make uh, to make sure that you eliminate what you inherited and absorbed from those toxic people yeah because if i know many people that uh, left their family for example like i did but they never did internal work and they they became older with that toxic baggage yeah and it didn't them any good yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You can't run away from it. I know that there's, mm-hmm. I tried to do that and it just made things worse, and, you know, by family and everything. So I remember somebody saying, oh, you know, I feel deserted. I'm just going to run away. And I said, it's the worst possible thing you can do. Trust me, been there, done that. Don't you? Can, and you're taking yourself with you anyway, unless you, like you said, eliminate those elements. Um, it's coming with you. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. If you become aware, awake, and, and become aware, then, then you can start to make your own choices. That's beautiful. But otherwise, uh, yeah. And another thing that I did that helped me a lot, I reparented myself. Oh. Yeah. So what would be the, if you can give us an example of, of how you yes, would do that? I simply thought of, what I needed from my parents when I was a child and that I didn't receive. And, uh, and so I began to give it to myself. For example, encouragement. They never encouraged me to do things, to, uh, to not give up. And I did it. And that helped a lot because I became my own father and my own mother, guiding myself through life. As I was a, a little child that was growing from the inside. That's lovely. I hadn't heard that before. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And 
uh, to that, I, I really, I, I believe that this is going to be something very valuable to our listeners. Uh, wanted to speak a little bit too about what you do. You're a personal coach. What, what do you primarily coach? Like, what's your expertise? My expertise is to identify and help people eliminate the family's toxic emotional inheritance and societal toxic conditions. Yeah. I take a very intuitive approach, which means that once we start having conversations, I can see what uh, the obstacles are, what elements are in the, in the, in the client that I am supporting, and uh, I identify those elements for them and help them become aware of those. And uh, transformations, transformation and especially evolution uh, happens. Yeah. That can't be too easy for, I would imagine people, first of all, recognizing them. So it's nice as a personal coach that you can help them do that. Uh, but something that's ingrained, that toxicity, must be difficult to remove. Because I would imagine sometimes it's, let's say it's anger towards another person, hard to forgive the other person. That's toxic. Uh, those are not easy to resolve. Well, actually, it's less difficult. Oh, For like me, that. it was difficult and long. It took a long time because I did it myself, so I had to figure it out. But eventually I understood that it can be done very easily and faster than we imagine. Yes, because what I noticed with my clients is that through our conversations, the, the process starts and because the person feels at peace and free to be. And it's as if those elements come to the surface and often they can fade away very quickly. Well, that's nice to hear because I would have thought yes. that because some people hold that in for like years and years. And I would imagine once they've had it for years, it would be harder, like it'd be a longer process to remove it. But it's nice to hear that you, you know, they said it's not necessarily that it can go quickly and, uh, yeah, it, it can very go, encouraging. Yes, it can go faster. And uh, it's also what I help them uh, start is, is a beginning. Of course, it will take um, a little, uh, how can I say? After they start with me, I give them, uh, it's, it's as if you buy a car and I hand you the, the keys, you know? So I will tell you how to continue by yourself. And I will help you also learn how to do it without going through the passage of self-demolition because I went through that passage and it's not nice, <laughs> you know? And it's also not necessary. Yeah. It's not necessary. So this is what I teach to my clients that that's not necessary. I, I tell them how to do it and then they can do it by themselves after the, the program. That's beautiful. I, um, do you find though that your clients sometimes, even if they've gotten to that point where they can do it on their own, but they still would like you there? I mean, I guess for like accountability or follow-ups, I would think, as I know me personally, I went through therapy quite late <laughs> after I, after I re recovered. 
Um, but it was more for my anxiety. Uh, but the interesting fact, though, did 12 weeks, felt wonderful, did great for another three months. And then after those three months, I felt a little bit dwindling again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was wondering, it, it, do you find that with your clients that they do like to, you know, maintain w- whether it's like once every two weeks or once a month to meet with you just to keep that constant? Or yes, absolutely. They yeah, do sometimes that. sometimes they, they, they want to, to have uh, an interaction once or twice a month after the program. Um, I had a client who wanted to stay longer <laughs> because she, she wanted to achieve more. So she stayed a year. But she had a lot, really a lot to, to do. Uh, yeah, she had to separate from an abusive husband. She had to reorganize her family because she has three children. Um, she had to quit smoking. She had to find a job. So we did everything <laughs> in wow. a year. And um, uh, I have now, uh, for example, one of my clients is an adolescent. And uh, she's responding very fast, actually, because she wasn't going to school anymore. She stopped because she, yeah, she's quite depressed. She doesn't see any reason why she should, uh, for example, start her, her day. And she sleeps all, she was sleeping was oh. almost all day. And, uh, and now we have seen each other, I mean, I think 13 weeks. Yes, 13 weeks. And well, she's now going to school again. So I'm very happy for her. She's trying to leave her mobile <laughs> uh, uh, to not take it when she goes to bed, for example, not taking it with her. And uh, she's smiling again. So, you know, she's getting started. That's lovely. Get a life, to have a life. Yes, yes. That that sounds a little bit like I think there's a lot of people who could relate to that, like not wanting to get about after my divorce, I had. And, and that's great for a year. I mean, you know, thinking back on it, I wish I knew you 20 years ago, but <laughs> uh, but it took me a long time and, and more than a year. But the first year in particular was the toughest. I didn't want to get out of bed. Thank God I had my daughter there. Um, because she gave me purpose to, but otherwise I probably, you know, I'd get her to school sometimes and jump right back in bed again. Didn't, didn't have, uh, yeah, it was really, really tough. And I didn't seek out help, which I should have at the time, but you know, you think, Oh no, I'm strong enough to get through this. And, uh, it, again, I, I really highly recommend. And, and I do to my listeners, if you're struggling with bulimia, it, you don't have to go to get help saying I need someone to help me with my bulimia because most of the time it's something else that you need help with that like you said the bulimia will leave you once you mm-hmm. get through that so uh, mm-hmm. you know I, I've been I coach um, and I call myself a bulimia recovery coach however that's a misnomer on that and that's why I would like this this show because it gives people different opportunities to go different uh, to, to reach out for help with different people Sometimes it is nice, though, even when you're coaching about the toxicity and removal of it, the fact that you went through an eating disorder, though, you know, you're working on the other thing, but you have an understanding of what that person's going through a little more than somebody who hasn't gone through it. So, uh, and and I really appreciate that. Uh, So with the, I I was just going to say, your program then is not a specific, like, 12-week program, Three months. You just work. Six months. 
It is six months. months. Yes. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And uh, just can you let our listeners know where can they find you? And is there anything else you want to talk about your business? Please let them know because I want them to be able to reach out to you. And um, yes, uh, I have a website. Uh, it's sentido.com. Did you want to? Well, I know that there's it's going to be in the notes, but for people who are listening, <laughs> do you want to spell that out for us? <laughs> of course. It's S E N T. I D U dot com. Okay, perfect. And so all the information is there and they can reach out it's to there. you yes. there as well. Yes. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So six and, month program. Who are, yeah. Who okay. want to to they have to be high achievers, very motivated because I, I do not motivate people. They they have to come already um, willing to to do something to, to solve their problems. They have to be open to talk uh, about family because for many people it's difficult i understand it but you know family is where we are made yeah. and if um, our parents and relatives uh, the, the don't function properly then uh, it can affect our development definitely and we need to talk about family in certain ways so that we eradicate uh, old and not useful uh, tendencies and ways. Keep the new, the, the better, the, the what they, the, the, the fruitful that they give to us, and uh, and move on. And for all, uncover who we really are. Because once you eliminate the, your family's toxic emotional inheritance, then you really discover your real essence. I love it. Thank you again so much for being a guest here. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me here. Take care. You have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to visit me at bleepbulimia.com.